Okay, and welcome back to Fireship Performance then. I'm Tim Davies, and what I'm trying to do now is just record straight into a computer and not mess around with all the mics and everything else you normally have. And I think this is kind of like a new way of me doing uh, some content production, really, which is hopefully going to mean that we get more out, which is really what I want to do. Hopefully the quality won't reduce if indeed you identify any kind of quality with what I'm putting out at all, I suppose. Right, I've got another post out for you today. This one is... Um, kind of about speaking your mind really and just questioning your own values, which is pretty cool. So I'm just thinking about why you think about stuff, uh, which is, you know, the, I think really when people start doing that, it's the sign of someone who, uh, you know, appreciates that they're not going to be right the whole time, that uh, learning is constant in life and we've never finished learning. Even when you left school, you're still learning. If anything, you're learning more. And it's being um, uh, willing to kind of say when you think you're wrong. So you know, humility and how important that is, is a part of our life. I'm going to do a YouTube video later on the week. And I think it'd be quite interesting because I find that um, with all the social media stuff that I have to look at, obviously what I tend to not be able to do so much or so well nowadays is, is the focusing part is the doing one thing for a period of time and doing it well. I, I find that quite difficult. So what I'm going to talk about is uh, a few things and primarily those things are going to be focus and uh, patience and persistence and uh, things like that. But for now, we'll just quickly go through one of the posts here. And I read it last week. Um, it's got a comment on it from my sister. So that kind of makes me feel really happy that um, she's able to contribute towards my posts. Okay, it's called um, uh, F you, I won't do what you tell me to not conform. You know the feeling you get when you've done something wrong and you're about to get into trouble? You're afraid of what people might say. You're afraid that your actions may have hurt someone. You're afraid that your judgment will be questioned and you'll be asked to explain yourself. But you know what's worse than knowing you've done something wrong? Being completely unaware of it until an angry senior naval officer opens his huge office door and shouts, Davies, get in here now. That's worse. And as I stepped sheepishly into his office, all I could think of was how this giant of a man could end my career. Today. And it had only been six months since I joined the Navy. He was angry and I was confused. I was a junior officer at Britannia Royal Naval College in Dartmouth and I was about to be told that I had done something very bad indeed. It wasn't the rowing boat we'd stolen to fetch pizza from town. Or well, that we'd encouraged the army to burn down their sports pavilion whilst we got them drunk on Madeira and port. Nor was it that we'd written Fly Navy in giant chalk letters on the parade square only an hour before the first ever Merlin helicopter was due to land. No, it was worse than that. Much worse. Maybe it was because I'd always struggled at school. I wasn't naturally academic and found it hard to learn and reproduce information that I felt would have little value outside of the classroom. My teachers labelled me as disruptive and my report said that I was a challenge. When I did something wrong or questioned the school's way of thinking, my failures were highlighted to the class and I would be embarrassed. My teachers would tell me that going to university was possible, but that I wasn't very clever. I would avoid challenges, ignore advice, look at other people's success as a threat to my own, see effort as pointless and I'd easily give up. I thought that my place in the world had been decided. My mindset was fixed. I didn't think I was clever. I ended up failing some GCSEs, all of my A-levels, the first year of an H&D, 
and had to deliver a handwritten letter from my future mother-in-law promising a better work ethic in order to be kept on my degree course. However, when students at my wife's school challenged convention or made mistakes, their failures were celebrated, explored, and were used as examples for other students to learn from. My wife went to a school where the teachers told their students that going to university was inevitable and that they were clever. She would embrace challenges, learn from criticism, and be inspired by her friend's success. She'd put maximum effort into everything she did and see setbacks as learning opportunities that she was fortunate to have. She thought that she had to change the world. Her mindset was growth oriented and she thought that she was clever. My wife went on to achieve academic excellence at higher level educational institutions. She sits on many prestigious councils and is now considering doing a PhD in her spare time. When you are young, you learn faster than at any other stage in life and need security and confidence to grow. When you are at school, you are impressionable and whatever you are told, you tend to believe. Although the differences in educational standards between the two schools might be obvious in the examples above, there is one overriding similarity. In both schools, you are expected to conform. In the film, The Dead Poet Society, the teacher, Mr. Keating, sets a task that highlights to his students that when they start walking together as a group, they all eventually end up walking in step with each other. Did you notice that everyone started off with their own stride, their own pace? Now you all have a great need for acceptance, but you must trust that your beliefs are unique, are your own, even though others may think them odd or unpopular, even though the herd may go, that's bad. Here's a quote. Two roads diverged in a wood and I, I took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference. That's Robert Frost. Now, our desire for acceptance leads to conformity. It is inbuilt and evolutionary in its origin. If you were ousted by your tribe whilst hunting on the African plains many moons ago, you would die. You would have been unable to survive alone. Conformity is necessary, especially when you're young. It helps us feel grounded and teaches us that there are consequences to our actions. If you don't eat dinner, then you'll go to bed hungry. If you're late for class, you'll get detention and if you don't steal a rowing boat to fetch your pizza, it'll be cold by the time you get back to the Naval College. School helps us to get used to conforming and the colleges and companies in which you currently reside are no different. Our parenting, schooling and our working lives have all directed us to comply. Taken to its logical conclusion, of course, you eventually reach the idea of society. And society is a group of people involved in persistent social interaction or a large social group sharing the same geographical or social territory. We have all agreed that we would very much like to reside in the society and abide by its rules. We elect a bunch of people to make up some laws. If we don't like them, we elect some other people. Democracy has its place. And if we don't operate within these rules, society dictates that our freedoms should be restricted and we are sent to a place called jail. There's a quote here, which is from Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name, which is F you, I won't do what you tell me. The problem is that conformity 
breeds conformism and it represses free thinking. This means that after a few years of military service, for example, we must send our future leaders back to leadership school to teach them how to think freely. That's right, we send our future leaders back to an institution to teach them how to think outside of institutions. Not that I'm saying that institutional thinking is wrong. Any institutional or educational process should primarily aim to teach conventional thinking, wisdom and rules. Only then should it go on to teach how to challenge or question it and that is acceptable to do so. You see, we need to develop people to learn the difference between what they can change and what they should change. The education that society offers must give people the wisdom to understand the difference between the two. The key is to recognise that most of us have a fixed mindset that has been placed there by having to conform to another person's ideas. It's not a high-level political agenda to keep the population compliant in the workplace, but it's because as a community, we have to be assured that we educate our people to minimum standards, that they can be productive to society. In private schools, they can educate to a higher standard for many reasons. Selective entry, um, better behaved pupils, a uh, larger budget are just a few. These tend to be the best schools and they foster a growth mindset, one that encourages success through the championing of the alternative view and the examination of failure. A growth mindset challenges convention and learns from its mistakes. When I joined the military, the biggest difference I found was that although I had entered an institution much like my old school, it acted more like the school that my wife had been to. The military always assumes you will achieve. It uses the language of success and it wants you to be successful. It wants you to win. It wants you to be part of the team. And it needs you to be successful as its own success is directly dependent on yours. Much like a fee-paying school that wants those fees to continue, the military has an interest in its members doing well and so promotes the questioning and growth mindset. My early days in the military opened my eyes to this new way of thinking and taught me to question, much to its dismay. And so it was that as the heavy office door slammed closed behind me, I was read out my charge. I had written an essay that critiqued a famous naval engagement which had taken place many years before and it had ruffled some feathers in the higher echelons of the college. I dared to offer an alternative view, break with conformity and stand out in an institution that had stood proudly since the 16th century. My essay on the unlawful sinking of the Argentine cruiser, the General Belgrano, during the Falklands conflict was to be a turning point in my military education. I was to be set straight by a senior naval officer whose words I remember to this day. You have decided that an alternative view to an historic and celebrated naval sea action is warranted at this early stage in your naval career and... As the commander in charge of this institution, I stand before you to give you this short piece of advice. During your career, you will often be criticized for expressing an alternative view, but if you can stomach it, then you absolutely must do. It is your duty, not only while serving. During your career, you will often be criticized for expressing an alternative view, but if you can stomach it, then you absolutely must do. It is your duty not only while serving, but also as a responsible member of a progressive society. Never stop challenging conventional wisdom. So 
the last quote here is from John Keating in Dead Poets Society. It says, when you read, don't just consider what the author thinks. Consider what you think. And that's very important to me right now because, just to round off real quickly, I think we're placed by the people in certain holes. And we actually care what other people think of us. And that's, that's wrong. We have to, of course. But you have to remember, and I'll write about this soon, that there are some people that will never like you no matter what you do. And you can waste that energy on them if you want to. You can keep trying to make them like you. Or you can say, hey, listen, I'm always here if you want to engage, but I'm not getting what I need from you right now. I'm going to go off and and do something else. Don't waste your time. Build relationships that are meaningful to you. Don't keep, you know, flogging that dead horse as a word. I think that's quite important. And so that's what he's saying here. You know, don't just consider what the author thinks or what I'm saying. I mean, just don't just let that end with you. Consider what you think about that. Consider whether you're in a school that's given you a fixed mindset or whether you're in a job that allows you to be progressive and you have a growth mindset. You know, you're appreciating the failure and you're, you're learning from that failure. You're discussing it with other people. Because one thing I see in flying training with students is the ones that succeed are the ones that discuss their failures with others. They actually end up coming to the top of their class because people defer to them. And they say, this is an honest guy. You know, of course, I can work with this guy. They're normally the guy who's voted the, the one people want to go to war with and stuff. And he's the guy that stays behind, or the girl, of course, and helps other people in the evening or comes in at the weekend. Because he knows or she knows that by helping these other people and by teaching these other people, obviously they're getting better themselves. And so they, they want to help people so they can grow themselves. They want to fail more so that they can grow themselves. They're not scared of failure because you just fail, whatever, move on. If people want to jump all over your failure, fine. People don't really care that much about you. That's what you've got to remember. No one cares. People care about themselves. We're all selfish. No one cares about you. So you can go and fail. And this is one of the funny things as well. Shall I speak about this now? Let's just get this out right now. I did a gig recently. I did a speaking engagement. And it was quite a high profile one. And I didn't get paid for it. And that was, that was quite a, a, a thing for me. Um, it was on a percentage uh, term and I didn't know about taking a percentage was wrong. And I, I thought I'll take a percentage. And then when I get back, they said, well, the, this thing didn't make any money. So there's no percentage. With hindsight, of course, I should have taken a fixed fee and not a percent. I didn't know. I was, I was you know, I'm young at this kind of speaking. Yeah, I don't understand what's going on. But in all honesty, it could have made me bitter. You know, I could have been upset about it it could have changed me physiologically i could have got anger and, and that would have maybe aged and maybe more angry person i was like you know what it's a learning experience i've still got the briefs i wrote i've still got some people who's you know that i spoke to that i've made friends with and i've linked in with um i can still reach out to them when they need to they can reach out to me so for me it's like okay i know not to trust this company that's fine i don't need to work with them again i don't need to work with them again but how much really has that lesson cost me? Thousands of pounds. Will I make that lesson again? No, of course I won't make that lesson again. Has it made me a better person? Yes, it has. I've got a lesson from it. So your life's too short. Yeah, it's been a bit of a slap in the face, like a sucker punch. I didn't even see it coming, to be honest with you. Those are the ones that really hurt, right? But it hit me and knocked me down. I crawled around a bit on the floor, got back up again. Now I'm turning, I'm facing them full on. They're not going to hit me again. They're not going to hit me again. It's just it's not possible. I'm standing right in front of them looking at them. So I've learned from that, all right? I've, I've learned from my failure and I've moved on with it. Try and do the same thing, all right? Have a growth mindset. Try and have a fixed mindset. You deserve better than that, even if you're in a school that tells you you're not. All right, guys, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Tim Davies, Fireship Performance.